you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, Mark Henry, and Mickey James talk about AEW Full Gear. We talk about the Texas death match between Swerve and Hangman Page. Also, we get into your new women's champions, Tony Storm and Julia Hart, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I just want to know, how did Mark Henry feel when Hangman Page was drinking the blood of Swerve Strickland? I threw up. There you go. <laughs> okay. Same and answer. Okay. Fair enough. I am feeling my face feel like blood is rolling down my face. And I feel like I'm going to throw up again, but I'm going to drink some of this energy drink. There oh, you go. All right. All right. You got to keep everything going downward, not upward. <laughs> if you're going I- down, if it's going down, you're going in the right direction. I was worried, Ooh. Bully, because we did a master's class where Tommy was talking about a match he had with New Jack and inadvertently blood went into Tommy's mouth and Mark had the dry heaves just from that story. But then you had to actually watch what took place in that Texas death match on Saturday at Full Gear, Mark. I didn't, I didn't the watch first... long. <laughs> I didn't watch long. I, 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 I didn't watch long, Dave. Like that was a a sprint. Like that's the first time I think I've actually ran in a while. I was on my knees. Like, man, I, oh my gosh. Wow. A lot of blood to drink. I, I and I'm thinking to myself, that's that's gotta be like a TV violation. It's gotta it's, it's pay per view. Like what it's pay per view. So yeah, there's no uh FCC or whatever violation when it comes to major networks or anything like that. So I'm just going to go for the jugular here, talking about blood. Um, did you guys think that that particular moment in time was gratuitous, was too much? Unnecessary. I loved it. I loved okay. it. I, I actually, and, you know, it goes back to another moment we just saw with, you know, TNA slash Impact when uh, Mickey was wrestling Masha and bit the tongue. Like, it's just, like, one of those things that, like, you just don't see. And it makes it extremely memorable. 
and and honestly, that spot between Hangman and I don't even know what you call it, spot whatever you want to call it, that moment in the match between Hangman and Swerve, I'll remember that as a wrestling fan for the rest of my life. Like, that's just something I have never seen in the 40 years. I mean, we've seen wrestlers bite the head or even lick sometimes or take the blood and smear it on their face or what have you. But to do what he did, I, I mean, that's that's something I have never seen before. So uh, to answer your question, Bully, if you want to say it's gratuitous, sure. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what made it special and that's what made it memorable. And uh, it was... One of, if not the greatest Texas death match that I've ever seen was the one I saw full gear on Saturday. Mark, what'd you think about that uh, drinking of the blood spot? A little too much? For wrestling, no. For me, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like I'm, I'm sitting here like, bro, I'm tough. I'm tough. Remember who you are. You're different. You're well, different. You're, you don't yeah. like scary stuff and you don't like gross. But, so for, you know, bully for you, lifelong wrestling fan wrestled in ECW. Like, what did you think of that match overall? Not maybe not just that moment, but what did you think of that match overall on Saturday? So sometimes I have to disconnect and realize that I'm, what I'm watching is somebody else's piece of art and it might not be for me or it might not be for some people, some aspects of the match. Those guys went out there and they absolutely busted their ass and put on a match, a piece of art that they thought would entertain the fans. Do you feel like those guys were working for themselves or do you feel like that they were working for the match? Do you feel like that they were working for the pop, the star rating or working for the match? There were times that I saw things that I just didn't think that were necessary Overall, it was extremely entertaining. And as I said last week on Busted Open After Dark, I thought that that match had this chance to steal the show. And I think it did steal the show. Because if, yeah, you, go by, if you go by the fans, the fans being on their feet, the fans anticipating the next bloody spot or the next um, uh, staple or the next cinder block or the next table bump or the next tax or glass, they had the people in the palm of their hand. It doesn't matter what they did as long as the people are entertained. So was it the best Texas death match in history? For me, probably not because of the psychology or lack thereof attached to it. I think things I disagree. Oh, wow. Do I okay. disagree? I, okay. For, because there's there's a couple of things. Re remember, say, Dave, I'm <clears throat> remember I'm putting the match over. I'm not burying no, the no, match. No, no, no. I, 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 I understand that. I understand that. We're having a we're having a a discussion about the match. There's no right or wrong here. But like, you know, when you said there were some things unnecessary, I don't think like what was unnecessary. I, there was nothing in that match when they're telling the story that I felt was unnecessary and probably more. How than much any mileage did they get out of the running? Oh, with uh, Brian Cage. But I thought, you know what, with that running unnecessary. Was it, it necessary? But it made sense as far as like he's part of the, the embassy and in that part of the match where it looked like Hangman Page was going to get the victory, win. I can understand Brian Cage running into the ring. It's it's a Texas death match. There's no DQ. So what's going to stop Brian Cage knowing that part of his embassy is going to lose that match? I didn't see anything wrong with that. Now, I, I know a lot of fans are talking about that it was unnecessary. 
Like, explain to me how that's unnecessary. Like, to me, in the story that they were telling in the ring, I thought that was a an element of the match that I thought was smart. Because if it is a no DQ and there could be outside interference, what's to stop a Brian Cage from walking into that ring like he did on Saturday night? Right up until there, I'm totally on board with it. But Hangman Page, <clears throat> sorry guys, had taken an absolute beating up to that point, and now here comes Brian Cage, 290 pounds of uh, you know, jack to the nine muscle, power bombing him and dropping him and bumping him to hell, and absolutely nothing comes of it. And Hangman is back on his feet, delivering a package pile driver off of the off of the apron to the floor a little while later, moments later. So to me, the psychology of the run-in did not make any sense. We did, They did not get any mileage out of that. It meant absolutely nothing. It was a run-in it for gave, the sake of... It gave Swerve time to recover after him taking a beating, and then the distraction led to uh, Nana getting put through the table and him being able to finish um, Paige because of the distractions. Um, Paige can always say, you didn't beat me by yourself. Okay. I'm, my point was the psychology of the Texas death match that they did does not make it the greatest one that I have ever seen. I really liked it. It was entertaining. They did things that we've never seen before. All that good stuff. But there were moments that, like I said, for me, it, it just it, it could have been tightened a little bit. And I was wondering if you thought the drinking of the blood was too much because I saw a lot of that on social media. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, you know what? This is a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of spot with these people. And they're going to complain no matter what. Um, also, I would have saved the pulling of of Swerve out of the ring for a finish, for the finish. Didn't we see Nana <clears throat> pull Swerve out to his feet a couple of times during the match? Yeah, we saw One it near the end. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 Swerve can could get to his feet, pulling him out of the ring. He's got to drop to his feet, thus he's up on his feet, and he beats the nine count. They should have done that only once, and that should have been the finish. Because then Nana truly would have made a difference in pulling Swerve out to his feet. We should have gotten this impression that 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 hangman had this chance to win. It was a count. It was a double count to nine, just like at the end of Rocky two with uh Rocky and Apollo Creed. And then swerve pulls out. Uh, and then Nana pulls out swerve and swerves on his feet. So it's actually like cheating a little bit for the victory. So little things like that, but see, that's like those little things bully is why I thought it was the te best Texas death match I ever saw. Because usually when you see a Texas death match, it's two guys. They've had a long feud. They're just beating the shit out of each other. But I thought Hangman Page and Swerve told a fantastic story. And it did a lot of, like, callbacks to their feud, like the home invasion yeah. by Swerve where, you know, Hangman Page took that finger painting from his son that he had in his and pocket stapled and stapled it to his face. Like, 
I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that many callbacks to the feud into a story like I saw last night. Because usually in a Texas death match, it's just a beatdown. It's just a fight. But they actually told an amazing story on top of that. So it was grueling. The- it was violent. <clears throat> it was gruesome. But they also told an amazing story in the ring on Saturday. I, quite honestly, Bully, I really can't put that match over enough. Like, because you asked the question, like, did it steal the show? No offense to any other match. I don't think any match on that show Saturday came even close. It did the steal the show. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, saying that did. that match stole the show. Uh, I yeah. also want to know why the heel was uh, getting stapled and not selling. What do you mean? When there was well, a certain was, part of them. That was kind of an ode uh, to uh, Tony Montana. That was kind of an ode to a, um, you know, the, the deal in Shaft. Like that, that I've seen that before in in film, like where the guy kind of gets impervious. Hulk Hogan, you know, that's like saying, "Why would Hulk Hogan, you know, block and and point you?" And that's a baby like, face. You, Heel Hulk Hogan never did that. Yeah, but but I don't. But I don't. I I might there was have a part of the, Okay, so. So the guys take a uh, hangman takes the stapler and he's stapling um swerve. Yes. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't and swerve is one of those guys were babyface or heel. They both were products of violence and, re- and, and revenge. Anytime that you want revenge, you lose your ability to be the babyface because what uh, you're doing is wrong. And you start I, I, telling I, the stories that the whole point is to beat each other into submission to, to, to knock you either knock you out or make you not be able to respond. Yep. The power driver on the, on the wall, not only did it take a lot of dexterity to do that with all the blood and the slipping and everything, the sweat, unbelievably risky maneuver as well. Like they did stuff that was death defying. They also, made me feel like okay y'all are going too far like just 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 stay down and as a wrestling fan when you can get somebody that watches a lot of wrestling to go man just stay down and be in suspended belief i cannot nitpick a match like that because they did the job they did uh, the I, job. I, didn't, I, I didn't see a crowd uh, asking anybody to stay down. They were actually asking for more violence. And the, 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 the moment in times that I'm referring to is you said both guys are baby faces going into this match, Mark. I don't consider swerve. No, I didn't say that. You didn't just I say said that, that they both were heels because they both were out for revenge. Okay, could have swore you said out- that they were both baby faces going in when you started. No, I didn't say they were babyface. Okay. Well, when I look at a guy like Swerve who goes into another man's house and basically threaten his family standing over his child's crib, to me, that's the bad guy, despite the fact that the people might have liked Swerve and everything like that. 
Um, Swerve was getting stapled and he was selling. He gets his cheek uh, stapled and he was selling. Then there came a match, uh, a point later on where Hangman, the babyface, is stapling Swerve and Swerve is no-selling it like Hogan would no-sell punches to the head. And I'm just like, why the no-sell? And then Swerve is stapling himself. That would seem like something a babyface would do. Like after a while, Hangman would get pissed off from getting uh, stapled and then start stapling himself just to show you how crazy the baby face was and what he'd do to achieve victory. These are little things, but these are talking points on the match. And the only reason they're a talking point for me is Dave said it's the best Texas death match he's ever seen. And I'm saying it was a really great Texas death match there were, that had a little psychology points for me that doesn't make it the greatest one I've ever seen. You both are entitled to your opinion, uh, opinion, and it doesn't mean either one of you are right and the other one's wrong. It's your opinion. Uh, the only fact in this whole thing is that that match stole the show. It was very, very well um, um, appreciated by the fans and that we're sitting here trying to nominate it for one of the best hardcore matches ever. Those are the facts. Everything else is take with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, I and, and, and listen, when I say Texas Deathmatch, I mean Texas Deathmatch because a lot of people are saying the Deathmatch that McFoley and Terry Funk had in Japan, but that was a Deathmatch. It wasn't a Texas Deathmatch. What we saw on Saturday was a Texas death match. And as far as the story that they were able to tell in the ring, there's very few matches like that that told that type of a story like the one that we saw on Saturday. And Bully made the point about Swerve, and you could take about you know the way he was selling those staples and then how he kind of, I guess for the lack of a better term, hulked up with that evil persona that Swerve has. Uh, Swerve run, won over that crowd. Now, with a lot of, you could say it was 50-50, but I think it was more, that house was more into Swerve than they were into Hangman Page. I mean, I, I, I really felt like during the course of that match that Swerve really won over those fans in L.A. on Saturday. They, we, we found out during that match that Swerve is one of the top, talents in AEW. He's one of the top talents in the world of pro wrestling. When has Swerve had a bad match? No, he's when not have... somebody that has a bad match. And, and here's the thing that I love about Swerve. Because when you think of Swerve, you don't think of that type of a match. But a lot of fans of Swerve or fans of independent wrestling, remember, he went through a deathmatch phase I want to say like seven or eight years ago before he got signed by WWE because he's somebody who appreciates the art of pro wrestling. Like you mentioned, Bully, about that it's a certain way of telling your art, especially when it comes to pro wrestling. Swerve wanted to know everything about the world of pro wrestling, and he wanted to excel at every type of match. Swerve can give you an all-out brawl. He could give you a technical match. But he's also well-steeped in deathmatch wrestling knowledge. And I think he showed that on Saturday. So I give Swerve a lot of credit as far as, like, Swerve is one of those few wrestlers 
that could do just about anything in the world of pro wrestling. And I think he showed that on Saturday. Putting on 15 pounds of muscle didn't hurt either. When he when he first came to AEW, I thought he was too skinny. And and, and I used to tell him all the time, man, you, you're going to have to put some rocks in your pockets. And for whatever reason, like if it finally hit him, that he needed to get bigger and look stronger. Because people associate dominance with how you look and your size. People always criticize Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon was a sizist. He wanted guys that were 6'3", 6'5", 250 pounds and plus because it looked like in a dark alley, that, that's that's an imposing size human. And now Swerve being, you know, close to 220 is way better than Swerve at 195. You tell me that you don't see the difference. You can see it. It's very visible. Anytime you gain 20 pounds, if I gain 20 more pounds, I'm going to look really chunky. If I lose another 20, people are going to be like, hey, man, are you sick? (laughs) You know, like, it's visible. And I think that it has benefited him. Paige is a big guy. Um, If Swerve was 195 like he was at NXT, in there with Paige, he would have made Paige look like a giant. You see what I'm saying? They were equals in size. Yeah, they were equals in size, and, you know, you guys are talking about, uh, you know, swerve one over a crowd. I I just don't think that it's the heel's job to win over the crowd, over the baby face. And I also think they constructed a finish. uh, If if they would have thought about it a little more, they could have constructed a finish where swerve would have won the match in a way that was desperate and not definitive. And the most important thing about this, and and I think we can bring this up in the in the in after we take a break, is this match is only as effective as what these two guys do next. If all three of us can agree that it was the match of the night and that it stole the show, we can. I, I'm assuming we can also agree that Swerve and Hangman need to take steps forward after this match. Correct. I, I I don't know about Hangman, I, but I definitely think with Swerve. I, I look at that match on Saturday, and no offense to Hangman. Hangman's been there, done that. This is where I feel like Swerve needs to take that next step to be a main event wrestler. Okay, I'll, I'll compromise with you, and I'll say it's more important for Swerve to move forward because we have seen Hangman yeah. in that main event spotlight before, Correct. Yeah, yeah, he's been champion. Okay. Yep. Okay, so, right, there we go. So we haven't seen Swerve. So it's very important for creative in AEW, seeing that this performance had Swerve turned in, seeing that, as you guys said, turned the crowd, and a lot of the people liked the fact that he won. What do we do with him on Wednesday? Do we open the show on Wednesday with Swerve? Mm. I don't what? know because of mm. what we saw with MJF and Adam Cole. So I don't know if you start I, I, the show. I, I, I'm with sorry, that. I shouldn't have asked that as a real question. I, I should have said it in a, like in a way where these are the ideas that should be going through the heads of creative. It's like I always use Stone Cold as my example. 
Steve hit so hard on any given night. It's like, okay, this was so over. What do we do with him next? So Swerve needs to have something definitive this Wednesday night to follow up on his performance. If not, people are going to forget real quick. I agree with that. I mean, they definitely need to do something. Here's another thing. Here's another thing, and I'll ask you, Mark, and I'll ask you, Bully. Like, um, do you use Swerve moving forward as more of a baby face than a heel? We've been seeing positive reactions for Swerve. He got a definite positive reaction on Saturday in L.A. People love Nana. Nana is highly entertaining. That that dance that Nana does is going viral. I'm, I mean, was and everybody's well, we talking about that this now. Ma- on the other side, no, no, I'm, I'm asking it now. Like you know, I, I, I'll we'll go long here. You know, since we're on this thread, I'm just, I'm not. I, I know it may, it may sound ridiculous to some. But you're talking about definitive moments in people's career and how people react. Everybody's talking about this Texas death match. You know, there's polls out there where it's a landslide. People felt that it was the best match of the show. Uh, you, as Bully said, there was a definitive face and a definitive heel going into that match. But you wouldn't know it by the crowd reaction on Saturday. And as you guys know, People feed into crowd reactions. Usually, if you have a positive one, that carries over if people are watching that show. Prince Nana has been going viral. There's gifts with Prince Nana's dance. Like, is it outlandish to throw out the question if maybe moving forward, do you use Swerve as more of a baby face than a heel? Prince Nana's dance is a gift. <laughs> like, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But everybody and in the crowd is doing the to, Nana dance. Like, Nana's yeah, in the corner of Swerve. Him, yeah. You, you don't have to make him a baby face. Steve Austin did, was not defined by whether or not he was good or bad. But he was Steve Austin. He was him. He did what he wanted to do. He did not fold to the status quo. He didn't pick a side. He was the side. He picked his side over everybody else's. And I think that if Swerve can stay in that lane and just be Swerve and not worry about good and evil, like he can tween the line. But I I don't think that that's the way it's going to go. Bully? First, when you just said do the na-na, Boom! That's a hit right there. Put it on a T-shirt and man, and make sure everybody's dancing. It is Remember, a shirt. It's a shirt right it's now. A shirt. Do, <laughs> do, oh, it is a shirt right now. It's a shirt. Yeah. Okay. So do the na na is a thing uh, f- for a baby face. You don't want people dancing with na na and hating Swerve. I, however, see no baby face potential right now in that act that's got heel written all over it neither one of them look like baby faces yeah nana might do the dance but every time he does the dance he should get knocked out uh swerve has a very sinister look to him i think there's a a lot of miles left in swerve as as a heel no reason to turn him baby face if for some reason the crowd 100% turns him babyface a la on his entrance. They're cheering during his matches, his segments, his promos, they're cheering, and they just don't want to hate him. Then 
creative has to listen to that and go into a different direction. It's kind of like what Mark just said would happen with Steve. But I don't really see Babyface in uh, Swerve right now. And the, and, the, and the reason I bring it up, and I know we're kind of going on a tangent here, but it's based on the match that we saw, which I loved. And I love that violent side. And, and truly, guys, like, you know, we've talked so much about AEW needs to be an alternative to the WWE. You're not getting that type of match in the WWE. I, I, I feel like that match on Saturday in the Texas Death Match, probably the most violent match I've ever seen from a major company. I can't think of like an, a WWF or or, or a WCW or, or a match or any match like that being that violent. I, I think it's the most violent match we've ever seen from a major company. But the reason that I bring up what we're saying here is that Bully, to me, there was probably only two matches on Saturday where there was a defined baby face and heel. Hangman Page and Swerve and Jay White and MJF. Those were the only two matches where I feel like there was a defined baby face. Oh, and the opening match, obviously, the with, uh, with Sting and Christian. But the other matches, like, there wasn't really a defined baby face or heel. So this is one of the few matches we saw on Saturday, and that was a, you know, a four-hour show. But yet, the reaction from the crowd, you wouldn't know it, because I really feel like most of that crowd was behind Swerve. That's why I threw out that question. Is that because creative has not cut out these characters enough into baby faces and heels? Or is it because they're in, they were in California, which is that snarky, smart mark kind of crowd who's going to you know, that almost that PWGS crowd who's going to go in the opposite direction and kind of, you know, throw a monkey wrench into things. Well, the one, the feet. yeah, the story, I'm going to, the story, to ask, answer the first part of your question, the story was a defined baby face or heel. I mean, it's one of the few stories in AEW one and definitely one of the few stories where there was a defined baby face or heel, you know, case in point, John Moxley and Orange Cassidy, that crowd split. You know, Chris Statlander, Julia Hart, like that, the crowd split. You know, um, I thought that was defined. Swerve is your is your heel. Hangman Page is your babyface. But I would say, unless, you know, somebody else calls that was actually there that could tell me different, I was probably, I would think that was like 70-30 in favor of Swerve. So maybe, Bully, you're right. Maybe it was like the, kind of like that smart, Mark crowd where they're going to go the opposite of what they should. But I also feel like it's kind of a trend in AEW where it's like, we love everybody. You know, you've said that before bully where we love everybody. We just want to see a great match. So I love this. This is a great match. So I'm going to cheer for hangman and I'm going to cheer for swerve. I think we get a lot of that uh, with AEW, but if there was one defined story, it was that story, but it just didn't play out on Saturday. Hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. We're talking AEW full gear. And uh, it's a new day in AEW when it comes to the women's division because we have two new women's champions. Tony Storm, your AEW uh, women's champion, and Julia Hart, your new AEW TBS champion. Tony, first and foremost, Tony Storm. Uh, we were talking about it before the break. Mark was saying about... New character, completely different gimmick, unique. It seemed mm-hmm. to get a lot of eyes, and now she's, you know, it took it, uh, she had a, I guess the best way to put it, load up that ass in order to win that championship uh, on Saturday. But we have new champions when it comes to AEW. What do you, how do you feel about Tony Storm being your new AEW women's champion? Well, first off, congrats to both the women. I felt like the Julia Hart one came out of nowhere for yeah. me. I was like, I didn't expect that one, but I kind of felt that, you know, Tony, I love Tony. She's incredible. She's always been incredible. I think she's always been in, uh, like an incredible wrestler, uh, champion. This is our third time as champion, AEW yep. Women's Champion. So, but this new character is like, it's so fun, especially as a performer, to see her be able to completely commit and just dive into this i'm sorry donovan is playing with his ultimate garage over here in the background i don't know if you can hear it in the back i apologize right. okay would, good uh, would, uh, would not have known if you didn't say <laughs> really okay <laughs> um 
<laughs> I felt like it was a full jazz band over here. Um, no, Tony is incredible, dude. And I think that it's been so fun to watch. I love Timeless Tony Storm. I love everything about it. It just brings me so much joy to watch it on television, just to watch her just be this awesome, unique kind of character and it for it to get time. And obviously it's the people love it. And I know it's a much different, they say it's a much different audience in AEW, but I don't, this is where I go like the core of wrestling of like what is magical in the world of pro wrestling is never going to falter, never going to change. And that's characters and that's people's devotion to those characters. And then the ability to like connect with them and like go on those rides. And sometimes the ones that are even more outlandish, and more over the top are the ones that the people connect to the most because that's all the things, you know, we want to say and do. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, we, I completely we, we agree talked with that. About, we, we talked about wrestling styles. We talked about uh, character development, like, and, and like where people were deficient and then they find out where they are deficient and they change. Was there ever a point in your career where you were doing something and you was like, you know what, I'm doing this at a, a pretty good clip, but I could do more. Always, I feel like, I feel like that, I don't know if that ever stops Mark of like feeling like you could do it better or there's more you could do, you know? But I do remember being very, um, and, I, and I, I feel like we all went through this phase of like being very committed to the wrestling and trying to get the respect of, my peers as being a good wrestler and being able to hold my own and being uh, able to perform at an equal level as anybody else on the show and which you always want to do. But I think there was um, this switch of understanding the characters and, and that was, God, I feel like that was more OVW. So I must've been wrestling like four years, but four years indie, you know, four years at that point to understand like the importance of the character and, and why you really need a character, whether how close to your, the true you or far fetched it may be a character to kind of dive into, to fully commit to, because it has to be at 11 the whole time you're out there. And we, as people are usually much more reserved. And I think it also changed the whys, those in-betweens, which to me are the most important of, anything that we do out there is those like little in-between moments. It changed those bits. Whereas instead of me thinking constantly of like, okay, what can I do? It's just like, what am I here? That's, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I'll make I feel like this might be a masterclass conversation and way too evolved. But, Even though but it sounds I, like I'm day, saying I, I believe, I believe <laughs> wrestlers get caught up in um, <laughs> being it, nouns and verbs in the ring. And they mm -hmm. don't put enough emphasis on being adverbs and adjectives. The adverbs and the adjectives are the connectors that get us to the nouns and the verbs. It's the in-between that truly affects the flow of your promo, your match, and everything you do. And mm -hmm. that in-between is what allows people to be brought in with you. Is right. that what you're trying to mean, Nick, Mickey? Yes, and I think School it's that in-between. rocks. Look at Bully. <laughs> an episode of Schoolhouse Rock. I'm just a bill on Capitol <laughs> Hill. Junction, 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 yeah. What's your function? But, but I think what you guys are talking about is interesting to me because, Mickey, you just said about 
hey, it's one thing about Tony Storm and that character and what they're trying to portray and yeah. what she's done with that character. Now she's the champion. Julie Hart was a little bit of a curveball that you didn't see coming. It's funny to me because AEW, right, is it's perceived from the outside to be that uber wrestling organization where it's all about the wrestling and they don't want characters and they don't want stories. But you just said it, Mickey, but that's the foundation of what this business is. And who are the two most over women right now in AEW? It is Julia Hart and it's Tony Storm. Two characters. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you would say Tony Storm and Julia Hart are like, you know, Excalibur's top two women's wrestlers in the world. But what is it what but what have Julia Hart and Tony Storm been able to do? grab the attention of the wrestling fan based on the story and based on the character. So here we are in that uber hardcore wrestling fan world of AEW and go, go ahead, Mark, go ahead. Dave bully. And I, we said this two weeks ago, that is Julia Hart's time. And I'm proud of AEW for doing that. I'm proud of, of Julia for capturing it and giving them a reason to get behind her because the light switch is on. She's doing things, Dave, that veterans do now. She's instinctively calling things on. I can see it, it's not planned. She called it on the fly because she's working. And I went to her, Bully, after the conversation that you and I had about her doing the shoot off Drop down, intentionally making her fall. She called it on the fly. Love it. Kiss her. Give her a big old kiss on I'm the cheek give her and a, a big pat on the butt and tell her bully's proud no, of No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Why but not? I'm going to give her a big old hug, and I'm going to tell her, hey, this is from Bully. He don't give nobody hugs. He's a bully. But he loved that you're a worker now. And Mickey, oh, God. Yeah, AEW... As much as people always criticize, you got to give people their flowers when they when they when they do the right thing. The light switch is on. Julia's hot. Boom! There you go. And I called it. Other people might not have called it, but I, I man, I've been screaming her name from the tallest tower. She she's ready. What was crazy, Mickey and Dave, is last week on Busted Open after. I'm sorry, two weeks ago when uh, when Mark came on. I opened the show and I even said it. I'm opening tonight with somebody that you might not have thought I'd ever be talking about, Julia Hart. And I went on for like 10, 15 minutes about putting Julia Hart over in what I saw in her match. She did veteran things. Now, Mark was a surprise. Mark came on after dark about a half an hour later and Mark did not listen to the first half of the show. And after Mark came on and we blew smoke up each other's ass and say how much we loved each other, I said, Mark, Guess who impressed me the most tonight? And you're never going to believe it. And Mark went, Julia Hart. And I was blown away because Mark didn't listen to the first half of After Dark and me and Mark didn't speak of it. But this 22-year-old girl did something that did a couple of things in that match that you only see the Randy Ortons and the Daniel Bryans and the... You know, those levels of wrestlers do. It was so small, yet meant so Glaring. much and showed such a maturity. 
I hope they don't drop the ball on her. I hope it's not a little bit too much too soon, but I hope she remembers these little things that impressed veterans like us because it's working. Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. 
That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.